to be glorified, to be magnified in our situation. We make the royal invitation. You are a king, and we desire that your kingdom come, that your will be done. In this place at this time, to the same degree that it's done in heaven. We earnestly petition you to give us this day our daily bread. Give us the revelation of the truth of your word that we need. We recognize that your word is alive, that it is food, that it is powerful, that it is the authority we recognize that it sanctifies us and separates us apart from everything that we're facing. We acknowledge that truth today in the name of Jesus. Now say this with me, Heavenly Father, your word says, if I lack wisdom, I should ask you in faith without wavering, and that you would give it liberally without fault finding. I ask now for that wisdom and I believe that I receive it. And I say with my Lord Jesus that it must be about my father's business. Thank you for giving me your insight into my kingdom success. In Jesus name, I pray expecting, amen. Now say this for me, I am a believer of the word of God. I am an epistle of the spirit of God. I am a disciple of my man of God. I am a finder of the destiny path of God for my life. All right, you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God for our praise and our worship. Amen. God is good to us. And we certainly appreciate the fact that each and every one of you are here to worship him with us and to invite his presence. We also want to acknowledge those of you that are joining us on Facebook Live. Welcome to Destiny Generation. We are so excited that you are here with us today. And uh, we uh, ask you to participate. Um, certainly, if you would, take some time to uh, go out and give us a shout out. Tell us where you're watching from. Um, sometimes I go places and people tell me, I've been watching you in such and such. And I'm like, but you didn't tell me that. I didn't know. And so we just uh, appreciate that you do that. And we also ask that if this word has been a blessing to you, that you share it with those in your network because you can help us spread the gospel of destiny to the uttermost parts of the earth. And then also that you would consider sowing a seed into the ministry to help us carry this uh, message further. Because we believe that God is going to take us and this message to the uttermost parts of the earth. And that you're going to help us do that. Would you do that? All right. God bless you. All right. So we're, we're continuing on with our, our theme, Destined for Increase. This is a part two of our First Fruits Giving um, Sunday. And so there are some, some key things that I really believe that the Lord wanted me to share and uh, I started it, um, but I didn't quite finish it. And um, the Lord said, don't rush, let it saturate, because we want people to really um, 
um, let the word really sink deeply in them. Uh, if you know me, you know that there is an element of repetition to my teaching. That's by design. It's not because I'm, I'm not free willing and it's not because I don't have content to move on to. It's because the purpose of that is to make sure that it saturates within you and that certain things, even if you don't use all of the big words that your pastor uses and use all of them definitions and stuff, that um, even when um, even when you do certain things that you will, what you will find is that uh, if you listen to it intently, the word will start rising up in you. The Holy Ghost will bring those things to the remembrance that the Lord has told you in the message. So, you know, that's why I don't let, I don't want you sweating over the notes because I'm going to come around to it again, number one. And then number two, we're doing that repetitively so that it's, it drills deep in you and you'll get certain situations and you'll hear my voice in your head saying whatever he says, right? That's actually God, the Holy Spirit talking to you, bringing back to the remembrance of things that God told you when you were here. And so please don't ignore that. That's God speaking to you in my voice. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Yes, he will. All right. So objectives. We actually got seven objectives um, destined for increase. Number one, to encourage you to pray, plan, and prepare for 2018 to be the best um, that you're destined to have for this year uh, that God has for you. Number two, I want you to be sensitive to sensitize you um, to the necessity of spiritual sensitivity and prophetic patterns as the baseline for personal planning. As I told you, I was, you know, really out working and doing some things. And uh, Lady Nedra and I were out at the store and uh, we had been praying for something. And when we recognized that somebody had a specific set of wisdom that I didn't have that I was looking for and had been praying for, I knew God was trying to answer my prayer, but I had to be sensitive, right? Number three, to reemphasize the purpose of prayer and planning, and that is the ability to act on time with purpose in line with the will of God in such a way as to maximize your life and kingdom contribution along the destiny path. What happens is people miss their destiny-defining moments, and then they spend years trying to recover something that God would have done for them in a moment had they acted on time with purpose. So please, please, who knew that that one day when um, the man at the pool of Bethesda was there, that just acting on Jesus' instruction to rise up, take his bed, and walk would cause his life to change forever. Who knew that that man by the beautiful gate the day that um, Peter and John came in the temple, that that was going to be his day? Who knew that the day that David was told to carry the lunch to his brothers and see how they fared in the battle would be the day that launched him on the trajectory to become the king of Israel and one of the greatest patriarchs in the whole history of scripture. Who knew? Who knows if, if today is not your day? You just have to learn to be sensitive to those moments. You want to be a person who cultivates a, a specific sensitivity to the things of God where you sow and then you get up looking that today just might be my day, all right? Um, so that was number three. Number four, to prepare us to properly respond to key, op key opportunities to increase through internalizing prophetic impressions, connections, characteristics, empowerments, and outcomes related to destiny. So I'm looking 
for God, this is an impression I have, but you're starting to connect me with new people. I'm going different places that I hadn't gone before. You know, we're really working uh, on the outreach aspect of our church. So uh, I'm going places, I'm sending um, folks places that we hadn't gone before, and I'm working in the circles, but I'm listening and looking for God to move in certain areas. I'm not going to sow my seed and then sit back on my do nothing waiting for God to do something. Right? Number five, to prepare you to sow and receive from your first fruits offering. If you sow, we're in the receiving mode. Six, to demonstrate through precept and example the power of first fruits giving. That's why I tell you these stories. I'm not telling you these stories to make myself look good. I'm telling you these stories so that the testimony that I have you can apply to your situation and believe that the thing that you sold for, God's going to be talking to you too. And then finally, number seven, to highlight the principles of reaping and patience that empower you to maximize your life. All right, so two scriptures. Um, the first one is our core scripture for this whole series on Destined for Increase, and that is um, Genesis 1, 26 through 29. And it says, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, see, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of all the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed, to you it shall be for food. All right? And so we've said some things here just from a review standpoint. We believe that God has made this church and you, our members and partners, to be a lighthouse in our region. We believe that God is, is looking for us to let our light shine cause men to see us do good works that cause them to glorify our Father in heaven. We are looking and we're actively seeking for opportunities to be the light in the darkness, to do good works that will produce a spontaneous praise in other people who might not even know God, but recognize that the thing that we did in their life, only a God could, could, could empower us to do them. Right. And we believe that this house will be a place. We called it an embassy, a place where ambassadors. Remember, we talked about that series. Right. That ambassadors gather in an embassy. It's a place that represents another government. When you go when you're in a foreign country and you go to the United States embassy, they actually take dirt. About six inches of dirt from the home country and put it under it so that it would actually be ground from the home country. So what we're saying is, is that this church is meant to be a place where heaven puts its ground here and that people come here to know how to, to bring heaven to the earth, to represent God's government for his kingdom to come and for his will to be done in the earth, even as it is in heaven. All right. So then when we think about this, we, we read our one scripture. What we said is there were two pictures that, that God had a picture within himself of the thing that he was 
he was intending to create, but that when he came to man, God himself was the picture. And that when God created material things, plant life, that the picture of the harvest was in the seed. Right? So God had pictures within himself. God was the picture of man. And then God put the picture of the harvest inside the seed. So the apple seed has the picture of an apple tree with apples on the inside of it. And if it's cultivated and planted, it'll produce what's inside that picture. All right? Then our second scripture here we talked about last week was... Proverbs 3, 9, and 10, reading it out of the New King James. And I'm just speeding ahead just because of, uh, for the sake of time, all right? Thank you, uh, media team, for catching up with your pastor. Hallelujah. Um, Honor the Lord with your, your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase, so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. I'm going to skip the other versions because I did those last week. We talked about the fact that substance sits and increase flows. So the expectation of God is that you are, you are sowing and saving. We, we said that savings is manifested provision for future needs. I didn't cuss at you when I told you to save. Jesus saves and you should too. Honor the Lord with every with the first fruits, but some of them other fruits you need to keep. You don't need to spend all of the rest of the fruits. Don't let money start burning holes in your pocket. Because later on, you're going to have a future need without the manifested provision. And God's going to say, I already provided for that. That's on you. I provided for that. Right? So you should be expecting God to give you the discipline and the capability to collect money and not spend it. And you should be sensitive to when there's an opportunity to get something of value that where the value overwhelms the price. Was in, was in the um, place at work there, and we're believing for a new keyboard. This keyboard has been really good, but it's like 20-something years old. It's not bad. It's a good keyboard. We got good stuff when we got it. But it's so old that we can't get it replaced with new parts. And there's parts on it that need to be resolved and fixed. Now that's different from organs, because there's a whole cottage industry out there to keep these old organs going. And people want to come in, they want to buy it, don't they, Brother Jonathan? They, they look at our organ, they're like, are you selling that one? Nope. Not that one, mm-mm. <laughs> and, um, and so I was, in this, I was in at work, and I saw the, a picture of somebody selling a keyboard. And I said, okay, uh, Minister John, look at this one. Tell me what you think. Because I don't know. I want to see what the value is. Does it overwhelm the price? I'm looking. Since I don't know where my answer is coming from, I'm looking at everywhere. And when something pops up that looks like it might be the answer, I'm looking at it closely. I'm not just running past it. 
that might be the picture of my harvest. So I'm expecting that God gives me an ability to handle wealth appropriately. And so there was a key statement we made about, all right, so savings is manifested provision for future needs. God desire that you save and that you pull out of your regular savings to give a substance offering, but that there's a promise that you'll get the ability of substance and increase, that you have the ability to have barns filled, which is the ability and opportunity to save and vast overflow ideas and investments that produce. God wants you to have ideas and investments that produce. Okay? That's a very, very important point. It's okay for you to believe God and ask him to empower you financially. That's part of the gospel. That's as much of the gospel as you getting saved and going to heaven. I know you want to walk on streets of gold, but you can have some right now. God ain't mad at you. He not. Okay. So you should be in faith for it. Now, if he promises it and then you don't take it, don't get mad at me because I do. That's all I'm saying. Don't get mad at me because I do. If he didn't want me to have it, he shouldn't have put it in the Bible. I, I'm, I'm kind of greedy that way. I'm not greedy to take other people's stuff, but if there's a promise in there, I want them. And I specifically go to get them. Okay. Now, um, there's a, key to a statement that I made last time. Tithing and first fruits offering is a transactional system established by God, whereby the grace of the ministry and the, and the minister is taken into the marketplace by the kingdom con contributor. So the fact that you have given to this church and its ministry says that the progress that we made, you get to, you get to make it in your own life. There's a certain favor that God has put on the ministry. You should be believing for that favor in your house. So if you're in a debt-free church, you should be asking God if you got a debt to get rid of it. I'm just saying. And then begin to work the tools of favor that make that possible. I told you, you got to talk to these people. Listen, y'all, y'all, <laughs> even if you foreclosed on my house, you can't get that much money out of it because the Flint water crisis is taking the money out. You might as well write the debt off. I'm trying to tell you how to talk to them. I'm, I'm trying to tell you something. Your, your pastor is a full gospel businessman. I go in there and I negotiate with me and the Holy Ghost and the angels all working on my behalf. I'm just saying, ask the questions. You might as well. All I can say is no. Okay, can I talk to somebody else? I'm just saying is. <laughs> We've got to learn. Stop walking away from stuff because it's getting you all nervous and bothered. I, I, get so, I get so nervous. I can't even talk to them. I won't even answer the phone. No, answer the phone. They can't come through the phone and hurt you. Stop that. Put your big boy pants on and answer the phone. They ask you questions, ask them questions. 
This call is recorded. Okay, I'm recording too. Click. <laughs> oh, oh y'all like to have a recording, but you don't want me to have one. I'm all right, I'm just I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Okay, I, I, I'm just saying, you, you got to be able to negotiate. Listen, Abraham knew how to negotiate. God, if it's just 50 people. Okay, come on, God, um, what about if it's 45? He knew how to negotiate. That's part of the blessing on your life. You can negotiate. Practice on something that you don't, you know, you don't really care, and then get your, get your chops, get your skills. A friend of ours at work said, this is how you tell them when you go in there to buy, like, a big TV. He said, how many of those did you sell today? And then ask them, do you want to sell one? I was like, that's strong. That's strong. Oh, man. Some people practice this stuff. Jesus is Jewish. I'm just saying he, he can negotiate a good deal. But he lives inside you. I'm just saying you got to learn how to, you better learn how to talk up. Work that thing. Work that thing. Because that's part of your harvest on your first fruit seed. You, you, you better ask some questions. How, how does this work? And to go around and shop and get get couple get couple bids. Don't take the first number. Don't do the Gomer Pile. Must be he gave me that number. That must be the number I must supposed to pay. No, don't do that. Okay, what's the real number? Okay, what's the walk away number? What's the number b below which you will not even deal with me? I want that number. <laughs> okay. okay. I'm just saying, I'm trying to tell you how to harvest on your seed. Now, your pastor is really preaching something. I know I'm not doing a bunch of yeah, yeah, I say, but I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost is talking right up in here right now. You, you got to know how to deal. And you can't get nervous. At the first time, somebody tell you no. Okay? Be willing to look, in, look them in the eye. They laugh. <laughs> this was Bishop Hillier said. He said, when you buy a jury, they show you the number. He said, chuckle first. <laughs> okay, now tell me what the real number is. <laughs> I said, I said, man, I said, no wonder you got all that bling on. You ain't even paying full price for it. Your offering gives you the possibility. Do you know God will get in there with you? People don't really realize that. God will get in there with you. We went back to, to, to the house that we're in now, and they had a number. They're like, it can't be that number. I mean, <laughs> the real estate agent, they was kind of getting upset. Can't be that low. Can't be. And then it was a husband and wife team. They didn't, they clearly didn't have agreement. They clearly didn't have agreement because he told me a number. He told us a number. And then she was like, nah, I can't be that number. I said, that's the, 
No, that's the number he said. That's the number you ask him. We don't ask him the number. They took it. And because we got it in the wintertime, we wouldn't fight with everybody else in, who would have been in the market in the summertime. This kind of giving causes the grace on my life to come on you too. That's what I want you to understand. I don't want you to think, man, that worked good for Pastor David. No, I want you to think, well, bless God, that's going to work for me too. Now, I may have to buy all season. I might have to buy my winter coat in the summertime. I might have to buy my lawnmower <laughs> in December <laughs> and my snowblower in June. I'm just saying, snow's coming back. You, you live in Michigan, don't worry. You, it, it'll get used, right? I might have to do something, but it'll work. I want you to have confidence based on the seed you sown. I call that live like you've given. I want you to live like you've already given. Live like the seed that I sow puts an empowerment on me, and I'm taking that empowerment with me back to the market. All right? So the first fruit offerings comply with what I call the principle of prototype. I think this might be as far as I get today. So let's give, I'm going to give you a definition of a prototype. A prototype is a first typical or preliminary model of something, especially a machine from which other forms are developed or copied. A prototype is the first... Or typical. What do you mean by typical? That means this is the exact type that we want more of, right? So a first fruits offering applies to that. And other things will be copied from that one. Now, the car you drive around, before we made all of the thousands so that you could drive that one, we first made a prototype. And we spend a lot of time and money getting the prototype right. Because whatever is in the prototype will be in the rest of the types that come off of it. Because if the first one's wrong, the rest of them can't be right. You get that? If the first one is wrong, making more of them won't make the wrong one right. Right? So God sets up prototypes in Scripture. Eight examples of the principle of prototype in Scripture. Number one is the Godhead. God said, let us make man in our image and our likeness. So whatever was in God is supposed to be in, in humankind. Okay? So God himself was a prototype that he wanted to reproduce, be fruitful and multiply, act like I act on in heaven, you act like that on the earth. Number two, the Garden of Eden was intended to be a prototype. Adam and Eve were supposed to reproduce that garden until it enveloped the whole planet. 
It was the first, and it was supposed to spread out and reproduce. Number three, remember the widow in, in 2 Kings 4, she only had a pot of oil. He said, borrow some more pots, and whatever's in that one pot, pour it into the other pots. That one pot then was a prototype, wasn't it? The oil that was in it was supposed to multiply. Number four, Jesus is a prototype. He rose from the dead with a resurrected, glorified body, and the body he got, you get one like it too one day. Okay? It's a prototype. He's the first of his kind. Number five, the, the principal minister, that's me. I'm supposed to live a life in front of you that if you take my example and how I walk in front of God, it's supposed to work for you like it works for me. And then it's supposed to multiply into the church. Yeah. Number six, our work on this location and establishing the policies and procedures of our church's operation. Now, we spend a lot of time, a lot of time. I have specifically um, delegated and designated Lady Nedger's, our chief operations officer, to put down how we do church. Now, why are we spending all this time working out how this procedure is done and that is done? Why are we, in, why are we calling in a specialist to work with our praise team to make sure that all of our vocals and our instrumentation and our singing, all that's right, and how we manage the sound because we want to get it down because one day this isn't going to be our only location. So the expectation is, is that we get this right in the prototype such that when we multiply it, it's all good everywhere it goes. Don't you hate it when you go into a restaurant of a chain and then it's better here than it was there? You expect your hamburger to be exactly the same. You don't, you don't want a good one because you're in Flint and then a bad one because you're in Grand Blank. A prototype. You got to get it right. All right? Number seven, the man, the husband, and the father. Yes, that's why I'm spending time teaching men how to pray at home. Because the man is supposed to be a prototype that is multiplying his life with God over the rest of his family. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching really, really good. Man was created to be a prototype. That's what it means when he says, if you don't know how to rule your house, rule is standing before as a compelling example that others would multiply. And then finally, each and every one of you, as you go out and disciple others, you're supposed to be a prototype as well. If your life in ministry would supernaturally bear fruit after his own kind globally, would God be satisfied with his harvest? That's the question. That's why we're in foundations class, because I want to make sure that you know enough about God that if you multiply, we have people that really know how to serve God. If you had to train them, if you had to teach them. That's why we're taking all this time learning all that stuff. All right. I'm going to have a video about discipling others and multiplying that way next week. All right. So key scripture here. I got a couple of scriptures and then we're done for today. And it says, then this is Romans eleven sixteen. For if the prototype, I mean the first fruit, 
is holy. If God is in the prototype, he's in the rest of the copies too. If the first fruit is holy, if I give God the first fruit and I give it to him and I let him get involved with my first fruit, the stuff that I have left, he'll get involved with that too. That's what I'm standing in faith on when I give first fruits offering. Because the first fruit is holy, then the lump, which is the stuff I got left, is holy too. That means I gave this first fruit to God and set it aside to him. Then the rest of the stuff, he gets involved in that too. He'll come back in my bank account and start working on stuff. Not just the stuff I gave him, but the stuff I still got left. If the root is holy, so are the branches. Exodus 44, 30, and then we're done. The best of all the first fruits of any kind and every sacrifice of any kind from your sac all your sacrifices shall be the priest, and you shall give to the priest the first of your ground meal to cause a blessing to rest on your house. So if I give him the first, then what I got left at my house, God's blessing is in the rest of that too. That's why obeying, that's why every house obeying the command to first fruit is important. Exodus 4430. Is, I'm sorry, thank you. Ezekiel 4430. Thank you. Ezekiel 4430. Thank you for catching that. Hallelujah. That the first fruits, that what's on my house. What's on God's house will come to my house. And I need to believe that. I need to go forward. I need to go out into the marketplace asking for deals. I need to, to, I need to walk around like I got some empowerment on me. You know, I, I need to believe that um, I may not be able to get a bunch of new stuff right now, I may have to have one of those consumer energy plans where they come down and maintain it for a couple dollars a month. You know what I'm talking about? Don't play. Don't play. But that may just be, God, you're going to hold this stuff over and keep it until I'm able to get to the new stuff. And you're going to teach me how to maintain what I got so it don't shut down and break down because I'm not actually obeying the maintenance procedures, changing the filters getting oil changed, having somebody, paying somebody to come look at it before it breaks down. In the middle of the winter when they're charging you triple time, getting it checked out in the summertime, before, the, before, before it gets cold, oh, yeah, they'll, they, they'll, they'll come then. You understand what I'm saying? Because they, they this is not their season. They need a little bit of money. And you can pay them a little bit of money and get it right, because if not, you're going to have to pay them triple time in the middle of the winter when it's cold and your pipe's about to freeze. I'm just saying God wants to get involved. And I want you to have confidence that he's in this situation with you. Let's stand.